your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 526 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, it is Sunday as I'm recording this, just a few minutes after the Rangers wrapped up a 3-2 home victory against the Seattle Kraken, breaking a short two-game losing streak, and uh, pretty much giving us all a heart attack in the process of doing so. Because once again, the Rangers had a 2-0 lead, and once again, they let it slip away. This time, very late in the game, the Kraken had a power play. They had their goalie pulled. They get the game-tying goal with a minute and about five seconds remaining. And I will admit, right then, at that very moment, as I'm watching this game, and certainly I'm not giving up. It's a 2-2 game with a minute left, and you know you might have overtime. There's a very good chance, in fact, that the game is going to go into overtime. But right at that very second, when the Kraken tied the game, I wrote into my notes, if the Rangers lose this game, it is the worst loss of the season. And I stand by that. When you consider the fact that the Kraken, I mean, look, they they play hard, clearly. I mean, that was on display in this game here. But it's an expansion team. You know, it, it's kind of a situation where you've got a bunch of castaways from other teams. They're still searching for a team identity and trying to find, you know, a core group of players that they want to go forward with into the future here. They're still a franchise very much putting the pieces together. And like I said, they haven't had a lot of wins this season. If the Rangers... On home ice go up two to nothing against this expansion team and blow the lead and lose the game and do so for the third straight game having a two nothing lead and uh having it get away and result in a loss then it undoubtedly is the worst loss of the season and I include even the fact that it would have probably been in overtime you know because the Kraken tied this game at two to two with once again about a minute and five seconds to go even if the game had gone into overtime or even a shootout, if the Rangers would have lost, it's still their third consecutive loss. I know you get a point, but to me, would have been the worst defeat of the season. Uh, however, we had Mika Zibanejad and Keandre Miller to the rescue. The Rangers get an offensive zone draw. Mika Zibanejad wins it back to Miller. Miller doesn't really have anyone on him, so he kind of just creeps up a little bit, gets toward uh, the top of the right face-off circle, and just lets it fly. Miller, you know, it's easy to forget. He doesn't shoot as often as I think maybe he could or maybe even should, but he's got a heck of a shot, and it was on full display here. He beats Philip Grubauer. He gives the Rangers a 3-2 lead with just 33 seconds remaining, and then the Rangers hang on the rest of the way, and they get this win. And it's again, it's one of those wins you're not entirely sure exactly how you should feel about it as a fan of this team because once again they let another lead get away and I do believe it's the worst loss of the season if it ends up in the loss column but then again you know any game in which you're tied late and you get the game winning goal with just 33 seconds remaining I think you have to feel pretty good about it at least on some levels look it wasn't pretty we do our top 10 best Ranger wins of the season uh, at the end of every season. I don't think this one's going to get anywhere near that list, but they found a way to get it done, and that's been something that's been uh, a little bit of a calling card for the Rangers this season. And I should also mention, you know, with Ke'Andre Miller, this has to be his biggest and best moment as a New York Ranger to date, I think, uh, so far in his career. He's, again, he's only a year and a half into his NHL career, and I think just about every Ranger fan everywhere 
would probably uh, take what we're getting from Ke'Andre Miller, considering that he is so young and uh, still kind of finding his way in this league a little bit. But he's become a bona fide part of the top four uh, defenseman core. I don't think anybody would make an argument that he shouldn't be in the top four right now. And, you know, again, just just rock-solid all-around play, a member of the NHL's all-rookie team last season. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger moment for Ke'Andre Miller this early in his career. But somebody that's really been playing well recently, he's had a lot of uh, time on the ice in recent games. They showed a stat. I think this is his sixth straight game where he had 22-plus minutes of ice time. So that's obviously fantastic to see. You know, he's getting rewarded for his strong play. But as far as, like, just an individual moment is concerned, nothing tops this Ke'Andre Miller with the game-winning goal. And, you know, I kind of just gloss over Mika Zibanejad winning that offensive zone faceoff. I cannot say enough about the job that Mika Zibanejad did in this game here today. I mean, yes, a goal and two assists, but when you just say it like that, it almost kind of sells him short as far as how good he really was in this game. I mean, for starters, again, he wins that faceoff. He won 63% of his faceoffs in this game, and that's an area of his game where he has really improved. I I've kind of been noticing lately, it kind of seems like Mika comes up clutch. You know, whenever there's a big face-off, he seems to win it, and a lot of times win it very clean. And I just have kind of been noticing, I feel like he's winning a higher percentage of his face-offs recently. So I checked the stacks, and lo and behold, of course, uh, Mika's advantage at over 50%. He's now at 52% uh, face-off winning percentage coming into uh, t today's game. And of course, once again, he won 63% today. So uh, that number has only gone up since then. But he wins the faceoff there in a clutch spot. Big moment in the game. Rangers kind of back on their heels at that point. And as a fan, again, you're getting kind of nervous because another 2 nothing lead has been squandered here. But the Rangers, you, you know, you're just hoping they can win it in overtime or something. They do you one better. And uh, they find the game-winning goal here that came as the result of Mika Zibanejad winning an offensive zone faceoff. So that was awesome. But Mika, he was all over the ice in this game. Uh, you know, there was a play early in the game where the Kraken had the puck in the neutral zone. Mika stole the puck. He eventually gets it into uh, the Kraken zone. Uh, the Kraken got it back at a certain point, and then Mika stole it again. And after Mika stole the puck, that's when the Kraken were whistled for a penalty. Now, it happened away from Mika, but, you know, Mika had regained control of the puck. He had regained possession, and he had Alexi Lafreniere streaking up the center of the ice there, and somebody on the Kraken hooked him down, and that resulted in the Rangers going on a power play early in the game. Uh, he was, of course, awesome on the penalty kill. I mean, what else is really new? There was a play on the penalty kill where you know, the Kraken came into the zone with some speed, and Mika basically just stood them up right across the blue line. You know, the, the player had just gained the blue line, and Mika stood him up, got the puck away from him, cleared it down the ice. I mean, he just is on a whole nother level right now. I think now, I got to remember, because they showed this stat during the game, it was after his first point of the game, which was a goal in the first period that gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead on the power play. So at that point, Mika had... 12 goals and 12 assists in his last 18 games. So now uh, that you can tack on another goal and another assist to that, I'm pretty sure that would mean that he now has 13 goals and 13 assists. Or no, no, it'd be two assists. So it'd be 12 goals and 14 assists once again in his last 18 games. The guy is just absolutely on fire right now. Cannot say enough about the job that he does. Uh, but again, if, if you're just looking at the scoring aspect of it, and granted, that's a big part. I mean, those numbers are going to jump off the page. But you're almost selling him short because this guy uh, just gets it done in every aspect of hockey. And not to rehash the whole Jack Eichel discussion, is there anyone out there who still wishes that the Rangers uh, had, you know, just let Mika Zibanejad walk at the end of this season or maybe even traded him and brought in Jack Eichel instead? 
Mika Zibanejad is the better all-around player, and I wish nothing but the best for Jack Eichel. He's obviously, you know, had his issues over the years with injuries and everything like that, but man, I'm not giving Mika Zibanejad up for just about any center in this league right now. The guy's just absolutely phenomenal. Cannot say enough about the job that he's done for this team. But we're just scratching the surface here, just kind of, uh, you know, giving well-deserved props to Mika Zibanejad and Keandre Miller, and actually, I, I should also shout out Igor Shesterkin, because it's so easy to take him for granted. Uh, with the kind of season that he's having right now. I mean, the guy just goes out there, stands on his head every single night, keeps the Rangers in games, gives them a chance to win, and in some cases, in many cases, in fact, steals games for this team. He goes out there and he stops 40 of 42 shots in this game. The Kraken outshot the Rangers 42 to 24. And with a lesser goalie, it's probably a different story here today. I don't know that the Rangers would have been able to hang on. Uh, they probably wouldn't have even had a 2-0 lead because at some point before that, the Kraken probably would have had a goal. Uh, but, you know, Again, Igor Shesterkin is absolutely fantastic. What else can you say? Well-deserved first star of the game. And then, of course, Mika was the second star. Keandre Miller was the third star. But, yeah, you know, we are just kind of scratching the surface here. There's a lot to go over here, a lot to like, and a lot not to like, quite frankly, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest here. But uh, we'll dive into all that in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline where the game starts. And I just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so what I wanted to do now, you know, given the fact that this game was, to put it very generously, a mixed bag for the New York Rangers, I want to acknowledge uh, some of the uh, not-so-great stuff and some of the things that have unfortunately become something of a theme here. I mean, you've got the obvious one of just the simple fact that the Rangers keep giving away these 2 to nothing leads, uh, but there's some other stuff beyond that. I will first, though, just acknowledge the simple fact that, yes, the Rangers are playing with out the services of a lot of uh, pretty important players to this team. No Adam Fox today, no Filipino, no Capo Caco, no Patrick Nemeth. And I will also acknowledge the fact that this is the NHL, and there's very, very few easy wins in this league. It's very rare where you can just dominate for 60 minutes, and you can just basically, you know, cruise to a 6-1 to win or whatever it might be. And the Rangers have kind of found that out the hard way over these past couple of games here. But yeah, I mean, there are uh, a couple of uh, red flags going up in this game. I, I don't think it's anything too concerning in the long term. The Rangers have shown a knack this season to be able to course correct whenever they've needed to. But there are some things I'm going to talk about one other thing I'll say before I kind of dive into, you know, some of those things, this felt like, I don't know for you guys, for me, this felt like a huge, huge, 
huge game for this New York Ranger team. When you consider the fact, the way that they've lost in, in these last couple of games here, again, a two-game losing streak, it's not the end of the world, but again, they've blown uh, two goal leads in each of those two games, and you've got the All-Star break fast approaching here. What was originally supposed to be the Olympic break, we're now calling it the All-Star break. Uh, but if you lose this game and you're the Rangers and you drop a home game against the Kraken, especially after you led 2-0, you are now on a three-game losing streak, and you led all three of those games by two goals, and you've only got one game left before the All-Star break, and that is Tuesday night at home against the Florida Panthers, and then you're off for two weeks. So if you lose this game and you're the Rangers, you are staring a four-game losing streak heading into a two-game break right in the face, and you're dealing with a Panthers team that, uh, first of all, I just think they're a heck of a team, and secondly, they're hot lately. They've won three in a row and eight out of ten. So you're really up against it if you're the Rangers and you lose this game, and at a certain point, I mean, you do that three straight games, you know, give away a 2 nothing lead and lose all three of them. I don't know how that doesn't start to, you know, get into your head at least a little bit. I mean, I think this is a very mentally strong team that we're dealing with here when it comes to the Rangers. But you can't tell me it wouldn't be in their heads uh, at least a little bit. And now, as it is, hey, you know what? They didn't play their best, but they found a way to get it done. That's been a theme all season for this team. And you're looking at a great opportunity on Tuesday night. You're playing uh, a fantastic team, a team that you've split with so far this season. I, I believe it's been a split. And you have a chance to go into the break having won your last two and probably somewhere in the vicinity. In fact, let's just check it out here. Let's see uh, what the Ranger record would be heading into this break here. Yeah, if the Rangers beat the Panthers, then they will head into the All-Star break with a record of 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Not too shabby at all. And obviously, you're feeling a heck of a lot better than you'd be feeling uh, had the other extreme happen. And the Rangers went into the break on a four-game losing streak. That obviously would not have been good. But I do want to talk about a couple of the things that I think the Rangers could do a little bit better, despite the fact that, once again, you know, if you look at their last handful of games, they do have a pretty good record. Um, but... One thing that I think they could do is, quite simply, shoot the puck a little bit more often. Now, I don't want to be that guy that's just, you know, standing in the stands and screaming shoot the entire game. I think these guys have a better idea of when they should put the puck on the, on the net than I do. But be that as it may, you know, I'm looking at the Rangers shot totals from the last 10 games here, and I'm going to go ahead and read you how many shots they've had in each game in descending order here. And keep in mind uh, the simple fact that also in this 10-game stretch here, the Rangers have been outshot in nine of their most recent 10 games. And I, you know what? Quality over quantity, I get that to an extent. I also get the fact that shots on goal is not the end-all be-all. It's not a perfect stat. I don't think the perfect stat really exists in hockey, but... Being outshot in nine out of your last 10 games, I mean, that does make my eyebrows go up at least a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but uh, here we'll go right through it. We'll start with today's game against the Kraken. The Rangers with 24 shots on goal. The game before that, 27, 36, 30, 27, 23, 27, 27, 31, and 23. And like I said, outshot in nine out of those 10 games. And I'm just getting to the point where I'm getting tired of there being four minutes left in the first period, and wow, the Rangers only have two shots on net. Or you get to like, you know, toward the end of the second period, and oh man, the Rangers are being outshot 27 to 12. I mean, at a certain point, there's just too many good shooters on this team. At a certain point, somebody's just got to let it fly a little bit. I thought, you know, overall this season, even including these most recent games, I do think that the Rangers mostly have gotten away from that habit that plagued them for a couple of years where they were selfless to a fall. I don't really see a lot of that. I don't really see a ton of guys uh, giving away grade A golden scoring opportunities to try to make an extra pass. But 
clearly they're not shooting the puck nearly as often as their opponents are. And I just think that, once again, with as many uh, big-time shooters as the Rangers have on this team, I just like to see them throw the puck at the net a little bit more often. I mean, look at the way this game ended today. Ke'Andre Miller threw the puck at the net. You know, Mika wins the offensive zone faceoff. Ke'Andre's got a little bit of room. He could potentially... You know, look to make a pass in deep, try to set up Kreider for a tip-in attempt. Uh, you know, that, honestly, as I say that, it doesn't sound like a bad idea because we've seen Kreider uh, score so many tipping goals this season. But, you know, at the same time, once in a while, you got to let it fly. And Ke'Andre Miller seemed to remember, oh, hey, I got a pretty good shot here and uh, we need a play. So I'm just going to fire the puck at the net, take my chances and see what happens. And lo and behold, it's the game-winning goal for the New York Rangers. If he doesn't take that shot there and tries to make a pass that isn't quite there, who knows what happens? You know, maybe the Kraken ended up winning this game in overtime and uh, we're not in a very good mood collectively as Ranger fans right now. And it's kind of a part B of what I just mentioned there. You know, another reason to throw the puck at the net is once again, Chris Kreider. I mean, this guy has scored on so many deflections this season. It's unbelievable. He cleans cleans up a lot of the uh, garbage in the crease. And Barclay Goodrow is another guy. I mean, he doesn't, you don't think of him as like a sniper or a big time goal scorer. And really he's not, but he's another big body that can create some havoc in front of the net. And we've seen him a couple of times recently score some goals from in deep. And some of them have been of the rebound variety. Some have been of the tip-in variety. But, you know, the Rangers have some big guys that they can send in the net. We've seen Braden Schneider go in deep a couple of times. So, I don't know. To me, it just seems like there's an opportunity to put the puck at the net at least a little bit more often than the Rangers are currently doing. Something else that seems like it's kind of crept in in recent games, it feels like the Rangers collectively are having some issues whenever teams come in on the rush. And I'm not even talking about, like, breakaways or two-on-one rushes. I'm talking about, you know, mano e mano kind of rushes here, you know, two-on-twos. And we saw that uh, rear its head really a couple of times in this game, but none more prominently than on the goal by Jared McCann that cut the Ranger lead to 2-1 to one in the second period. I mean, basically, the Kraken come away with the puck, uh, you know, through the neutral zone. It's looking like it's going to be a two-on-one. It ends up being a three-on-one. And the Kraken, you know, a couple of nice passes, credit where it's due. You know, they made it happen. They scored a goal and McCann finished. But I don't know. I mean, it was a two-on-two, and then the Kraken seemed to move up the ice faster on the forecheck than the Rangers moved up the ice on the back check. And it kind of developed into a three-on-two as the result of that. And in general, you know, not necessarily on this goal, maybe a little bit on this goal, but in general, it just seems like a couple times recently, the Ranger defensemen have been, you know, kind of caught by surprise by certain opponents. Like, this guy's faster than I thought he was, or this guy's a better stick handler than I thought he was. And it just looks like the Rangers, when teams are coming in, you know, even just two-on-two, two, it seems like they're a little bit back on their heels, and they're a little bit shaky in those situations. So uh, they got to get a little bit better there. There have been some instances where they've been, like I said, I think caught off guard by the speed of the guy coming on with the puck. And, you know, they've been a little bit off balance. Instead of, you know, back skating, they've had to turn around, and then they're kind of flailing. And, you know, the one nice pass later... And the team has a great scoring opportunity as a result of, you know, just a simple two-on-two rush. So I think the Rangers, uh, overall this season, I think they've done good there. But I just think in recent games, uh, they've, they've been a little bit shaky in that area. Anytime a team is kind of coming in on the rush uh, with any kind of speed whatsoever, it feels like the Rangers are a little bit back on their heels in those instances. And then one more thing that I'll mention real quick here. And this one is more, I mean, we already talked about the whole giving up the two to nothing leads. That's not good. And that obviously has to stop. The Rangers have to get back to playing a full 60. I mean, that's such a hockey cliche. And I try to stay away from cliches on here as much as possible, but it's true. I mean, over these last handful of games here, the Rangers have not played a full 60. They play well in chunks and then they get away from their game or either that or they start slow and then eventually they pick it up a little bit later. So uh, got to get back to playing a full 60. But one other thing that I'll mention, and again, this pertains more to today's game only rather than being like a big picture kind of thing. But 
when you look at this game against the Kraken here on Sunday, could you, like, take a five-minute chunk of this game, you know, in the first period, the second period, the third period? Could you isolate any five consecutive minutes of this game and point at it and say, the Rangers clearly were playing better than the Kraken for those five minutes? I really don't think you could, and that is a little bit concerning. Like I said, I mean, this was not a great game by the Rangers. It's great that they won, uh, you know, big-time heroics from Mika Zibanejad and Ke'Andre Miller late, big-time heroics from Igor Shesterkin all game. Uh, but, yeah, the Rangers, I, I think they got to – if they play like this against the Panthers, I don't see it resulting in any points. So you hope that uh, the Rangers are, are ready to go. Hopefully this gets back on track a little bit. They're feeling good, and uh, – they're determined to go into the all-star break here with a big win uh, against a really good team. And they can kind of just empty the tank because, hey, after this, everybody basically gets two weeks off. So uh, looking forward to seeing what the Rangers can do and hoping that they can kind of correct uh, a couple of these things that have been ailing them over this past handful of games here. And we're going to continue talking about this in just a second, all the highs and lows of this game. We'll end with some positives because there were some positives to take out of this game as well. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, and just want to thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, positives from this game. We already talked about during the intro, uh, Mika Zibanejad just best player on the ice, maybe with the exception of Igor Shesterkin, because he was fantastic, as always. But I think uh, beyond that, Mika Zibanejad, probably the best player on the ice for either team. Uh, Keandre Miller, another saw game, and coming up clutch in the final minute. So we all we already talked about uh, all three of those guys. I think uh, one positive that I can point to is Alexi Lafreniere finally back on the score sheet. He gets a tap-in goal. You had Zach Jones passing to his left to Mika Zibanejad. Mika wound back and just blistered a slap shot at the net, hit the post, fell into the crease, and Alexi Lafreniere is there. He taps it in and uh, scores a goal. Gives the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead. That broke a nine-game pointless streak for Alexi Lafreniere. And here's another streak that I can mention while I'm looking at all these uh, game logs here. Even during that time, I know plus-minus isn't everything, but the game against the Minnesota Wild was the only game where Lafreniere was a plus. He was a plus one against the Wild. He was either uh, an even zero or a minus in all of the uh, other nine preceding games in which he didn't have a point. Now... At first glance, it would look like, well, this is just kind of a lucky goal for Alexi Lafreniere. You know, Mika blasted a slap shot, it hit the pose, and just fell right at Lafreniere's skates. And there is some truth to that. The way I tend to look at this and the positive I tend to take out of this is that Lafreniere has had a lot of goals like that this season 
where he's just kind of Johnny on the spot. And you could argue maybe that there's some luck involved with that, and maybe there's some truth to that too. But it does seem like there's a lot of times where Lafreniere is scoring off of rebounds. He's in perfect position for a rebound, or you know somebody else makes an unreal move. There was that goal that Lafreniere scored earlier this season where Sammy Blay was going in hard, and he made a ridiculous uh, short pass, but he had to squeeze it through a really tight window there and set up Lafreniere on the doorstep. Now, on one hand, I think me, like a lot of you, probably all still waiting to see that ridiculous highlight real goal by Alexi Lafreniere where he fakes somebody out of his skates and just goes in and roofs it, whatever it might be. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you guys know a beautiful goal when you see one, and we haven't really seen one of those from Alexi Lafreniere so far this season. But if you're looking at this glass half full, uh, for starters, that was his ninth goal of the season. And on top of that, it does seem like he has good hockey instincts. He puts himself in a good position to clean up, you know, loose pucks like this or to be in position for a good pass or, you know, again, score off of a rebound. Goals like that. So that's at least encouraging. Again, I'm still looking very much like you for that highlight reel Alexi Lafreniere goal. And you could probably even throw in guys like Kako and Hedl in there as well. But at least he seems to understand the game of hockey. He seems to have a good high uh, hockey IQ and he seems to be in good position to, uh, you know, get a couple of these dirty goals. And at least if he's not, you know, producing highlight-worthy moments, at least he's finding ways to put the puck in the net once in a while here. And while we're talking about this goal, props to Zach Jones once again. He got the secondary assist on this, setting up Mika Zibanejad. Uh, really crisp pass over to Mika for the one-timer. And again, off the post and Lafreniere cleaning up from the doorstep. But that was Zach Jones' first point of the season. He also had four assists in 10 games with the Rangers last year. Still looking for his first career goal. But uh, yeah, obviously a nice play here by Zach Jones, uh, getting the puck in motion, so to speak, and setting up Lafreniere for a goal. And as long as we're talking about positives from this game, I think you got to point to the special teams. This has been a strength for the Rangers all season long, both the power play and the penalty kill. And I got to say, it's been a long, 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 long time, I think, since the Rangers have been this good on the power play as well as the penalty kill. Now, the power play I noticed today is down to number 10 in the league. Uh, we'll see where they stand, you know, after all the rest of the games are played today. But it has overall been a strength of this team. And the penalty kill for a long time has been top five. I believe it still is. But, I mean, you look at this game, the Rangers go one for three on the power play. That's how they open the scoring on the goal by Mika Zibanejad. That was the only shot on goal by a New York Ranger forward in the first period. And if you take Lafreniere's goal in the second period, those were the only two shots on goals for a New York Ranger forward with only three minutes remaining in the second period. So that's a pretty wild stat. It's even crazier that they scored on both of them. But again, the power play stepping up. And the penalty kill stepping up. The Kraken, you know, they had their opportunities today. They had 42 shots on goal. Igor uh, really kind of bailed out the Rangers, I think. But I also feel like the penalty kill was pretty sharp. You know, they... um. They allowed a decent amount of shots on goal, but I didn't think any of them was really of the, uh, you know, high-quality variety. And even the power play goal that the Kraken scored, they had the six-on-four advantage there because uh, that was in the final minute and change, and the Kraken had pulled Grubauer. So they had the six-on-four and uh, just an unreal shot by Yanni Gord on that. There's not really much that anybody could do on that one. Uh, but again, these two units continue to be a strength of the Rangers. And I should also mention real quick here, I said the Rangers were one for three, the Kraken were one for five. That is correct. But if you remember, the Rangers had a power play that lasted all of three seconds, and the Kraken had a power play that lasted all of three seconds. So really, you could kind of look at it and say, well, the Rangers were really one for two, the Kraken were really one for four. Just semantics. Bottom line, uh, both units stepping up big, and had they not, I don't know that the Rangers win this game here today. And speaking of positives, how about this save sequence that Igor Shesterkin had in the first period? He's getting kind of late in the first, but you had, first of all, he makes a great save on a deflection attempt by our old buddy, 
Colin Blackwell, Blackwell was in front of the net, redirected the puck, and Ewer stayed with it all the way, kicked it aside, and then just a few seconds later, the Kraken continuing to go to work in the Rangers zone, and you get a high shot by Fleury, and Igor Shesterkin, while doing a split on the ice, uh, reaches up with his glove and just snags it. Probably, I don't even want to say for sure, I, I, it was definitely one of his best saves on the night, if not his best, but uh, just an excellent pair of saves there by Igor Shesterkin, uh, really doing a great job and maintaining the Rangers' one nothing lead at that time. And I also got to give a major shout-out to Jacob Truba. He has stepped up big in the absence of Adam Fox. He ends up with a game-high 24 minutes and 58 seconds of ice time. He had 216 on the power play, 339 on the penalty kill. The 216 on the power play led all Ranger defensemen. The 339 on the kill was, let's see, it was actually fourth. Uh, Schneider, Lindgren, and Miller all spent more time on the PK than Truba did. But regardless, uh, Jacob Truba is basically being asked to do all the things that Adam Fox typically does. And so far, he's passed with flying colors. I'm not going to say he's on Adam Fox's level, because I don't think anybody's on Adam Fox's level. But he is certainly, um, I don't want to say minimized, because that almost sounds like, oh, well, no Fox, no problem. No, we, we got to get Adam Fox back in this lineup as quickly as possible. Gallant did mention that he's going to be out uh, through the All-Star break. But I think Jacob Truba is making Adam Fox's absence hurt quite a bit less with how he's been playing recently. He ends up with an assist in this game, uh, plus one. Two shots on goals, two hits, a block shot, uh, two takeaways, and again, uh, stepping up on both special teams units for this New York Ranger team. So great job by Jacob Truba. Uh, once again, with the Rangers having to play without Adam Fox for a handful of games here. But I think that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, once again, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Rangers do, which team shows up basically against the Florida Panthers because you got to play a full 60 against that team. And if you're the Rangers, there's no excuse for not going basically just completely, uh, you know what, to the wall for that game because you've got two weeks off. So go out, empty the tank, do everything you can to come away with two points and go into the all-star break, uh, you know, with a little bit of momentum here, winners of two straight. Uh, but yeah, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. In our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Panthers heading in to the NHL All-Star break. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available on all platforms.